through the action on the ice. There's a good score! 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 Yeah, he good! The Lightning win it! Now it's time to talk about tonight's game. This is The Last Call, presented by Jack Daniels on News Radio WFLA. With a full breakdown of tonight's action and a look ahead to the next Lightning game, here's Greg Linelli and Brian Engblom. What a game, what a game, and it's so much better when you win a game that goes into five overtimes. Tampa Bay victorious in game one against Columbus, three to two, and we're going to talk about it for the next 20 or 30 minutes or so. John Cooper also will hear from as well, but let me bring in my co-host. It's great to be with him finally, Brian Engblom, and Brian, you've uh, covered this game a long, long time. And I'm sure you haven't seen too many of these. No, I've never been close to this. Um, it's ridiculous, the effort that all the players and the coaching staffs and the trainers and everybody connected to this game. But watching put in, the effort the players put in in so many situations, in the first overtime, right through the fifth overtime, defensively you know last second plays of desperation when you think you know a lot of people would give up and and they didn't um, it's one thing to bear down when you get an offensive chance and you want to be the hero but i saw so many fantastic defensive plays and of course it starts with the goaltenders goalies have zero margin for error so you're in five overtimes of zero margin for error there is no position in any team sport that puts them, you know, in a in that kind of position under that much pressure, and you have to hand it to both of them. Um, Vasilevsky had, you know, a phenomenal game. 63 shots he faced. He wins this game. Some of his toughest were early in the game, where I thought the Lightning were, you know, were kind of scrappy. You know, they gave up some some chances early on. The first 10 or 12 minutes, I thought they looked a little tentative, and then when the power play goal was scored by Columbus early on that got Columbus kind of smoothed out right their engine started running and the lightning were still pretty chopped up and sort of playing their way into it so they gave up some more chances and Vasilevsky did did a heck of a job early on and then what can you say about Corpus Allo um, the lightning were just throwing buckets full of pucks at him is I stopped counting at 142 shots towards the net, and <clears throat> it ended up north of that. I haven't seen the final score sheet, but just ridiculous numbers. And to make the number of big saves that Corpusalo did uh, with no margin for error, just nothing short of astonishing. Well, Brian, I'll ask you right out of the gate, and I guess, look, the, the, the correct answer would be, you know, we just don't know. We'll wait to see what happens on Thursday. But, I mean... What type of hockey are we going to expect to see on Thursday? And you would think the Lightning would have the advantage, but then again, Columbus has faced some adversity already in these playoffs, giving up the late goals like they did against Toronto, understanding this is a whole different animal and a whole different type of team they're taking on. But, I mean, is this a huge letdown for Columbus moving forward? And what type of hockey, maybe more importantly, do you think we're going to see from here? I, I think... <sighs> I think you just take a, a, a step back and take a breath and you go to bed and you wake up tomorrow and you start to reorganize your brain and your body and everything else and then almost block it out. You know, it, it, it's a tough blow, I would think, to, to lose that game. And laying in bed tonight before, you know, the 15 seconds before you fall asleep, 
You might lament it a little bit, but you'll worry about it tomorrow if you're Columbus. Um, when you get into any length of an overtime game, for sure, anywhere near that long especially, you want to come out the winner for sure. And I'm sure there was a lot of talk as the overtimes you know, clicked off that players were saying, hey, we've gone this far. Let's win this darn thing. Like, you know, in other words, it's that, that emotional booster that you need sometimes, everybody needs, in order to say, let's keep going here. We have to have those defensive plays, not just the offensive chances, but the defensive plays. Keep executing. And the coaches, I'm sure, will be saying that they are incredibly proud of, of their teams because you look at how they executed all the way through till the end, till the final goal was scored by Braden Point. That's pretty astonishing to follow the program and follow the structure and not give up things and be on the right side of the puck. There weren't a lot of outnumbered attacks, you know, throughout the, pretty well the entire overtime um, situation. So that's phenomenal stuff. And, you know, we talk about how the lightning have changed, you know, from last year. Can you get any better example of that? You know, Greg, I've talked to you and Mish before about, about things like saying that uh, um, Columbus plays the type of game where they'll play it tight for long stretches and go, we're okay. Are you okay? And I think the answer last year was a resounding no, we're not. And things really changed quickly, and Columbus won that series. Not so tonight and not so this year. Before we go to break, you played the position. Pretty remarkable what Victor Hedman was able to do out there considering what happened to him against Philadelphia. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, he's always going to be the beast for the team. He gets all the ice time um, more than anybody else on his team. Um, so when you're, you know, 60 minutes in that vicinity, um, just short of it for Victor. I think it was 60, what, 63 minutes for Jones. Um, just crazy, Six, sorry, 65 minutes for Seth Jones, 61 minutes for Warensky, and for Hedman, 57-38. That is phenomenal stuff. I, I don't even know what my body would feel like after that. Um, so I, I think they'll just go through it tomorrow and the next day. And, yeah, two days from now, um, they're right back at it at 3 o'clock again. And I'm sure it's going to seem like one continuous game when they drop the puck for that one. Yeah, it's a good point. And uh, we'll talk more about what these guys were doing in between periods to uh, stay hydrated and make sure that any energy level was pretty high. At Bolts Radio, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, if you're still up with us, let's get your thoughts on the game. He is Brian Engblom. I am Greg Linnelli. Back after this on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Radio. We'll be hearing from John Cooper coming up in just a little bit. Brian Engblom, Greg Linnelli with you and recapping Tampa Bay's emotional 3-2 win over Columbus. Five overtimes, longest in franchise history, fourth longest game in NHL history. And, Brian, it seemed pretty simple. It's obviously harder to do considering the fatigue these guys are feeling. But Braden Point just said, I'm going to throw the puck on net, and good things happen when you typically do. Yeah, we kept kind of guessing, you know, what kind of goal was going to end it. Was it going to be a double deflection, or was it going to be a flat-out breakaway? I mean, what was it going to be? Um, the shot by Kucherov obviously was key because it hit Gavrikov up high on the back of the shoulder, I think it was. He turned to block it, and it crippled him. 
So he turned around and was slouched over. And unfortunately for him, and fortunately for Braden Point, the rebound off his back went right to Braden Point. And he was in the deep slot. I watched the replay in slow motion, and the puck flipped up on its edge. So he was able to lay it right on the blade of his uh, stick, and he just whipped it. It was almost like a, a highlight shot or a lacrosse shot, and he just whipped his arms. So it wasn't you know, a typical hockey shot, but he got it and released it so quickly that Corpusalo couldn't react to it. It just literally flew right over his right shoulder, right up under the crossbar. What, what a shot. And to stay in it and realize that players realize, you know, subtleties that we see, they become instinctive situations for them. So when Gavrikov gets hurt, I'm sure that Braden was well aware of that. So you want to make a play as quickly as possible to try and jump all over that. It created an opportunity. Braden took it, and he ended the game. It was, it was, it was quite a play. It was incredible. I also felt like Mitchell Stevens, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman had opportunities, Pat Maroon, that they were creating offense throughout the night. It didn't necessarily result in goals, although Gord did get one. But what did you make of the bottom six for Tampa Bay in this game, Brian? Outstanding. Um, I think that the, the Gord line starting uh, the game again, which... Uh, John Cooper's been doing that for a couple of games now. That really shows the confidence level that he has in them and what he thinks about what they can do for the team. And, and they did it again. Um, I think it was the Boston game um, in, in the round robin where they, they just started the game and spent the entire first shift in the Boston zone just all over them. And so he wanted to see more of that. So it's smart. They all have the ability to do that. Great four-checkers, experienced, et cetera. I thought that line was terrific. I thought overall still they were the best line uh, in the game um, and not just because they did score the goal. But the way the goal was scored is sort of typical of, of that line too because if, if it wasn't for uh, Goodrow and his hustle, it would have been an icing call and would have come back all the way into the lightning zone and been a nothing play. But I think it was, I think it was Savard that he beat uh, to the hash marks, so the icing was waved off. So the play stayed alive. They got it back to the point and into the net, and then Yanni Gord, whose legs never stopped moving all night long, got into the crease, kicking and screaming all the way along, and he was able to kick it loose. And then weird that, you know, I didn't even see it until the second replay that Corpus Allo actually kicked it in himself. But Yanni being on the spot and just fighting and scrapping for every inch um, freed the puck up again and caused the puck to go in so he gets credit for the goal. But all the way around, it was just a, a, you know, a terrific game by them. I thought Yanni was good every freaking shift he was out there. Coleman and Goodrow outstanding as well. They did have a lot of chances. And the fourth line with Stevens, Paquette, and Maroon didn't have a lot of ice time early in the game. Yeah, Columbus doesn't, you know, they don't use their fourth line much either, so I think that had something to do with it. But as the game wore on, they got some serious chances. I thought Stevens... I'm trying to remember now. I thought Stevens, maybe in the first overtime, maybe the second, had a serious, outstanding chance on a great pass from Maroon on a quick outnumbered attack from the blue line in. Stevens was all over it. Uh, Seti and Maroon, and he did a terrific job the way they play in the corners and behind the opposing net, spending so much time and putting so much pressure there. Um, I thought they did a terrific job. So kudos to the, to the bottom six, no doubt. Yeah. I had uh, in my notes, I think the third overtime, Stevens from Maroon, it was at 16.55, but you felt like he had some, some good looks 
throughout. Brian, we take this question from Travis. He says, is this the real Corpus Allo? Or are the Jackets just that good at not giving up great chances and limiting rebounds? Seemed like the Bolts had a decent, decent amount of grade A chances, but just got shut down. Well, yeah, Corpus Allo was simply outstanding because there were a lot of really, really big saves that he made. Having said that, as the game went on, it was more and more difficult for lightning forwards to fight their way to the front of the net. And you have to give a lot of credit to Columbus the way they play. They're defensemen, but also with a lot of support from their forwards coming back and back-checking. They play a heavy game in front of their net. And so they box you out, and you have to fight for every inch getting in there. So shots were coming from the point, and the one thing I loved about the Lightning is that they just kept you know, shooting buckets full of pucks uh, throughout the game. 188 total shot attempts. 188. That's a ridiculous number. Victor Hedman, I didn't see a final number for him, but he had to be somewhere around uh, 20 uh, or over. Um, he was really good and really effective in that respect. And 23 shots, it is, um, directed at the net. Um, and they did have traffic, you know, earlier in the game. But you're right, there wasn't as much traffic later on. But I give a lot of credit to Columbus, and they let their goaltender see the puck. And because of that, he made a lot of uh, just terrific saves. But, I, again, I hand it to the Lightning that they didn't panic and start, uh, you know, overpassing. And they just kept going, just kept going at it. And that's one of the things I liked about the way they played the game. Again, you know, we'll, for the last time maybe we'll refer back to, to last year's series. One of the two areas were net front presence. That was, you know, big for me at both ends of the ice. Lightning didn't play well enough last year right in front of Vasilevsky, and they didn't get into the paint and fight for pucks at the other end. They were off on the perimeter more. And the other thing was they overpassed, and that played right into Columbus's hands as the series went on, no doubt. So you didn't see a lot of overpassing, especially in the neutral zone on the attack. That was a totally different look from the Lightning, something they had to do because that's where Columbus can really pick you apart. So I give them a lot of credit, too, for just staying with it and continuing to just hammer pucks at the net. And finally, one went in. John Cooper will speak to the media when we return. He's Brian Engbaum. I'm Greg Linelli. It is the last call right here on News Radio WFLA <coughs> and Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Radio. We continue with the last call. Greg Linelli along with Brian Engblom recapping Tampa Bay's win over Columbus. Five overtimes, 3-2 Braden Point with the game winner. We told you John Cooper was standing by. Let's go to his interview right here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play. Hey, John, it's Chris Johnson. Uh, just wondering, what are you going to remember most about today? Uh, how cold my feet were the entire game. Um, no, the uh, it's going to take a little time to digest. I know we we uh, so many things come to my mind right now. Um, going through that. Um, it, you know, culminated in, in Pointer's goal, but I look at so many things I'll remember. I'll remember that puck going crazy off the end wall and Vasilevsky getting over to stop that. Um, I remember that this, the talk the staff had in, at, right before going out in the, the, uh, the fifth overtime. Um, 
I'll remember looking at my salmon salad, wanting to eat it the whole time during the game, but I thought that was going <clears> to, <throat> I don't know, break up the karma. So I stayed hungry. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many things that are going through my mind right now. Uh, but if one thing I can say, and, and, and I actually will include both teams on this, I don't think anybody can understand how hard it is on a player to go through that um, and still, I don't know how it looked like on, on TV, but to be in eight periods of hockey and still be able to make the plays they were making, it was remarkable. And um, obviously I'm glad that we came out on top, but pretty gutty effort by, uh, by both teams. Next question <clears throat> in the media center. Hey, John, Justin Cuthbert, Yahoo Sports. Can you describe the performance from Corpy Salo tonight and also the composure and just the calmness that Vasilevsky showed when it just wasn't happening for you guys across multiple periods in the offensive event? Yeah, I, I, it's tough because you're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling good about the way you're playing. And I, I think if there was one message that we were trying to reiterate to the guys was don't sacrifice the defensive side of the game to, to take a chance offensively. Um, and I got to give our guys credit for doing that. And I'm not saying we didn't give up chances, but uh, there were, as that game kept going on and, and, and maybe it was because, you know, Columbus had played a couple days earlier, but um, we had some pretty glorious opportunities to end it. And, and uh, their goaltender uh, stood tall and, and, you know, as far as our side, I, I thought Vasilevsky, as every minute ticked down, he got stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and there were some there were some pucks that went through bodies that would not be able to have seen, but he just made himself big. He looked calm in there. And I, I just can't imagine, you know, you're sitting there for six and a half hours playing in the game and you got to keep that concentration. So uh, pretty impressive effort by both guys. We'll do one more question from the media center. Hey, John, Dave Pinotto with the fourth period. You, you touched on how tough this was for the players. I'm curious what your messaging is and the coaching staff's messaging is as the intermissions add up. You get to six, seven intermissions. Uh, what, what's your messaging to them to keep them going and, and to keep their eye on the prize? Well, I'll give, you a couple, I'll give you a funny story. So we were close to the Boston coaches room. And so every it's when we went into overtime, I – I peeked, you know, they were, their door was open and I said, well, we're either going to end this, it's going to end early or they go long. That's pretty much how overtime is. And, and sure enough, I think it was before the fifth overtime, they were packing up their bags and said, you're right, Coop. Uh, it was going long, but uh, the messaging was the same. And it, we, we just, if there's anything that this team has grown it was, it was just sticking to the program. And it's so hard to do when there's so much mental stress, like your body is seizing up and sure, you know, guys are cramping and all the things were happening and, and you have to somehow mentally, you know, keep your focus. So we focused on, it was just little things. Um, and as I said, it was don't sacrifice defense for offense. I must've said that a hundred times. The problem was every time I walked in, going into every overtime, there were less and less guys in the locker room. So by the time we got to the fifth overtime, there was probably only a handful of guys in the locker room when I walked in. So it was almost time to 
it was about to walk out and that's we said well if you pull this one out uh i'll give you guys an off day diana Nero's tampa bay times <clears throat> uh you said that you guys were trying to focus on the little things to kind of stick in it you know what what little things can you just expand on that a little bit well it's 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 staying above it's getting pucks deep it's doing all the things that aren't flashy that's basically what it is and um they're not you know it's not the most fun way to play uh but it's the winning way to play and especially if you want to get through games like that um it be the game becomes a little bit of who blinks first and neither team was and so you just have to wait it out and sure enough it's a block you know it ends up being an icing that they can't change they got 3d on the ice um even though they did get the break uh, i think it was three periods in a row they iced the puck at the uh at the shovel break which gives them a break but they can't change it was and they had 3d on the ice so we tried to you know find you know something to expose that but in the end it's cooch shoots one hits savard in the foot then he shoots a second one hits gavrikov in the head and then the puck comes to pointer and he, you know, it cups on a stick and he, you know, it has to be an excellent shot to beat either one of the goalies tonight. And, and, uh, and that's what happened. And it was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty euphoric, uh, time for us. We'll do a couple more for coach. We'll go to Eric Erlinson, lightninginsider.com. <clears throat> pretty emotional moment, obviously, when you see the puck goes in, we, we saw you kind of raise your hand. Fortunately, you didn't hit helpy there. Um, but just, as you watch the guys gather over by the glass, what kind of a moment is that for a team? Well, that part I had to watch in the room because <laughs> I was pretty excited myself. But um, you know, the, the one sad thing about tonight is that you have a game and an effort put out by the two teams that, that, that we witnessed tonight and there was actually nobody in the building to witness it. And to see the excitement on the players when they scored, regardless if there were fans of the building or not. That's one thing I'll remember is, is, you know what, you still turn the back, the clock back and there's still a bunch of kids and they keep, they compete their asses off and they get damn excited when they score. And especially when they score in the fifth overtime. And I was, uh, you know, I just, it brings you back to the frozen pond and, I don't know. It was uh, it was a pretty cool moment. We'll do two more for Coach Joe Smith from the Athletic. You you mentioned kind of not sacrificing, you know, defense for offense a hundred times tonight. And I was wondering, as you watch that, you know, six hour game, do you think that's one of the biggest areas of growth that your team has had to in the past year or so? Um, is even though you had to harp on it, like they were obviously to play that discipline of a game, that patient of a game at a time like this where you obviously wanted to win and it was, you you outshot them by a lot. Just, you feel that was one of the biggest areas of growth you guys have had? Well, we had a game plan and that was part of the game plan. And it's, it's when, you know, things go awry, AKA we don't get the first goal. Uh, are we going to go away from our game plan? And we didn't. And it's, it's funny because the only time we led in the game was at the very, was at the, you know, when the last puck went in the net, but it's, it's the probably a little bit of mental growth, a bit, a little bit of maturity um, that's gone on with us. And, and um, 
you have to have that if you if you're going to go on and 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 so i i think it was a good step for us but i mean let us not forget we we played two games but it only counts as one and uh you know these are best of seven so uh there's a long way to go in this series um but you know for us to to get one um you know just the way we did it it'll give us confidence moving forward that you're being rewarded for all the work and the discipline and the mental fortitude uh going forward last one jay wrecker 95.3 coop congrats on the win can you kind of take us through the timeline i know you're not going to get too into the specifics about the headman thing but he comes out there and plays and then he plays over 57 minutes tonight what a performance by 77 yeah um you know, every, every team's got some go-to guys up front and on the back end, and um, he's our go-to guy back there. And it, obviously, we had a huge scare uh, the other night against Philly, uh, but it was, uh, it, it, was, it was more a scare. I mean, it looked ugly on, uh, on video when we saw it, but um, he, uh, he found a way to, to, uh, to get back in there and, and compete and, and you know, we were checking on him all the time to see if it was okay. And, you know, he just kept saying, keep putting me out there. And, and we did. <laughs> and he, uh, and, you know, it, it's crazy. He, it, he almost played a full game in, uh, in two. It's crazy. It was crazy. And that was John Cooper after the game, just moments ago, some closing thoughts, Brian, what'd you make of uh, what Coop said? And I guess what you give your team uh, completely off tomorrow, get them hydrated and then see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, you could hear the euphoria in his voice, and, and that's great. It, it's big for the coaches, too. Uh, he brought up a great point about how hard and how boisterous the celebration was at the end when Point scored the goal. I mean, he started jumping for joy. Anytime you score an overtime goal you know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's big. But that one, you know, it obviously had a different taste to it than nearly every one that's uh, ever been scored. And they just were jumping up and down as a group. Uh, it was terrific. Um, he obviously is very proud of his guys. You know, they'll uh, get a well-deserved day off, I'm sure, to sleep in tomorrow and, and uh, um, just get rehydrated. And you know what? It, it shows the conditioning and the preparation all the way around, too, because you have to take in food you know, in order to, to play that many periods. And, you know, back in the day, they used to order pizza or whatever. I'm guessing they already had food because a lot of times the players are fed right at the rink before they even leave. I know on the road, you know, we'll do that. Before we go to the plane, the players will eat before we go on to the next destination. So they must have had food there already, I'm guessing. Now, I don't know for sure, but uh, the way it worked out, especially under the conditions, I'm sure there was already food there. So they probably started eating after the first overtime, I, I'm sure, because you have to really seriously worry about cramping. And it's the toughest on the goalies because they're wearing so much equipment. I don't even know how much you know weight that Vasilevsky and Corpusalo must have lost in that game. And some goaltenders you know, in past history have had really, really bad problems and not been able to finish games yeah. because you know they, they are failing so badly physically. So it shows you the tremendous... Uh, conditioning 
um, and the mental capabilities. We had some some uh, couple of shots on television of uh, Vasilevsky coming out of break where he was on his knees like he always is. And you know what? Those guys are standing there kind of crouched over for an incredible amount of time. They're not sitting on the bench. Just doing that alone for that long is unbelievable. But he was doing his eye exercises. You know, you could, you could see him so that he could tr track the puck and follow the puck. So things like that to keep yourself in the game mentally for both those goaltenders, just something off the chart that I'll, I'll never know what it's like. Well, we'll get rested, and we'll get ready for the broadcast on Thursday. We'll do the last call afterwards. Hopefully it's not as long, Brian, and hopefully it's another win. Yeah, I've, I've had, right? I had two pieces of toast this morning before I oh, left, man. and I haven't eaten. I'm, uh, I'm ready to You're eat. You're starving. Something. Yeah. Yeah, you're starting. You're going to get cranky. You got to get something to eat. I already am, buddy. Cut it out. <laughs> I know. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Brian. Okay, thanks. As always, Brian Engblom joining us right there. We'll be with you again on Thursday for another edition of The Last Call. Thanks again to Jason Berenger and Steve Versnick. Tampa Bay wins in five overtimes, three to two in game one over Columbus. And you heard it right here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play.